In the name of God, the holy and blessed Trinity, amen. Many of you know that I am originally from Houston, and you might have heard from time to time that I've told stories about my father's family, about them coming over from Cuba seeking a new life, a more an open, free society in the United States. That's a great Independence Day weekend story to tell, but it's not the one that I'm going to tell you today. Instead, I'm going to share a story about my maternal grandmother, another real American hero, but a very different kind. My grandmother, Ella May, was born to Willis and Dora Boswell in, on a farm in central Texas on November the 9th, 1921. She was the fourth of eight children. The family was so poor that they didn't own the land upon which they lived. Most of the money that her family made was not made by growing food, but rather by growing cotton. At the age of five onwards, my grandmother would go into the fields, sun up to sundown, picking cotton. By the time she was 12, she told me that she could pick more cotton in a day than any of her brothers, more than anyone. And that amounted to about 200 pounds of cotton a day. In the hot and humid Texas summer weather, picking cotton at the time of harvest was hard work. And the family's survival was at stake. The laborers were few, so everyone helped out. If you've never seen cotton when it's ready to be harvested, it's a plant that grows kind of low to the ground, and it gets really sharp and prickly when it's ready to be picked. And even though it's hot out, you have to wear long sleeves and long pants because the rough texture of the cotton plant will literally scrape up your arms something fierce. And if you're not careful, there's also thorns when you're picking the cotton and it'll pierce your hands. This is hard work that no one has ever wanted to do. But it was work that my grandmother did until she graduated from high school. And the work that she did, harvesting cotton, changed her life forever. For her entire life, my grandmother took great pride in working hard at whatever she did. And this work ethic changed her into a person who would not only work hard for her family, but would also see her working hard for her church, for various community groups, for her friends in the neighborhood, practically anyone who ever sought help. I remember my grandparents, when they were in their mid-80s, would often go and visit the old people in the nursing homes. They always sought to work hard to make someone else's life better. It's as if those days of picking cotton formed a person who chose not to live for the service of self alone, but for others in the world, to make someone else's world just a little bit better. And that's where our gospel comes in today. Jesus's initial group of followers are being sent to all the towns around the Sea of Galilee to the places that Jesus himself had intended to go. 
In Jesus' words, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So these disciples were sent out into a harsh world like lambs in the midst of wolves. And as they first arrived in places, they offered peace, the peace of the kingdom of God. And they hoped that their message of peace would be received. If not, their instructions were to move along. And so they did. And as these new followers of Jesus decided that they would do what Jesus asked them to do, they started realizing that they were receiving lovely hospitality from strangers. They were praying, and in their prayers and through their prayers, sick people were being healed. They were sharing love in such a way that even the downtrodden, people who were, in Luke's words, tormented by demons, would be restored to their full self. The wonders and beauty of the restoration of the kingdom of God started popping up all around. Now, this wasn't easy work. First off, you had to walk everywhere. In a place that has a desert landscape, a lot like our own. In the summer, the Sea of Galilee is hot and humid, very humid, because part of it is below sea level. So if you think about our climate here in the desert landscape we live in, imagine walking any significant distance in the heat of the day. Not easy. But the disciples did. They followed what they were asked to do, and what they realized was that the power of God and the good news of God's kingdom followed them everywhere that they went. So much so that the story tells us that when they returned, they were filled with great joy. Something amazing was happening. They weren't really doing it. God was doing it. But they were God's agents in this restoration of the created order. And they loved being a part of it. And what was resulting was joy. It was hard work to go out and meet strangers, but they went in the name of love, and the result was that their own hearts, their souls and bodies, their spirits were filled with joy. And that's what we have to pay attention to today. We're living in a world that is changing so fast. We are seeing changes. Some changes are things which we do not like at all. They scare us. We don't like it. The created world, the society in which we live, the people of this state, the people of this country, these people, so many people around us are searching for truth, searching for love, searching for grace, searching for some kind of healing because they're hurting because they're afraid, and they're scrambling to make sense of this craziness that we're all encountering, and many are looking in the wrong places for solutions. And yes, let's be honest, we are facing a lot of craziness. But the world has always faced craziness. The world has always had extreme poverty, lack of opportunity, atrocious racism, some kind of form of institutionalized slavery, and stratification of human beings based on any kind of arbitrary and random criteria imaginable. Yes, that's true. 
But the world of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is a uniting force. The kingdom of God is this restoring force. The kingdom of God is a loving force. And the kingdom of God makes all these wounded parts of the world whole. All the parts of our wounded world whole. That's the harvest that Jesus is proclaiming. Making all of the hurts and scrapes and hiccups and injustice, making the injuries and defamations and untruths and insults, making all the disparity between people, making all the stratification that destroys cultures, making all the things in which we do tear one one another apart, the kingdom of God makes all the wounded parts of the world whole again. That's the harvest. That's what Jesus' presence in the world brought to the people in that story. And that's what Jesus' presence in our world, our active God in our world, that sends us the Holy Spirit, that sends us the Holy Spirit out to equip us, to teach us, to help us realize what the work is now that Jesus intends for us to do. That great connecting force in the Spirit that pushes our hearts and convicts us to know that we are a part of God's healing of this world. Yes, Jesus' harvest is everywhere for the taking. There is wholeness in the world that everyone can experience. There's enough of this healing and restoration for everyone. There is an end to fear. There is an end to racism, an end to economic disparity, an end to the dehumanizing homophobia, sexism, and body shaming that some put upon us. There is an end to the hurt and the brokenness. And it all begins, it all begins when the kingdom of God begins replacing all of that stuff, replacing all of that stuff with abundance with something that is so abundant, it resembles a harvest. A harvest where all the stuff in us that is wounded, all of it is made whole. And the result, the pure gift that we get from searching out this harvest, the gift that we get for striving first for the kingdom of God and its righteousness, The gift that we get after we go to villages and towns that are unfamiliar to us, to go and encounter people and strangers in our society that scare us, to the people in power that we know who have misguided us, to every place in our conceptual world that Jesus himself had intended to go, and we proclaim love, we pronounce peace, we proclaim healing, and with God's help, we make the wounded parts of the world whole, and the gift that we get back is joy. A joy that fills us, that lifts us and carries us onward into seeking out the next harvest. Because Jesus is calling us to do this work. It's the work we've been given to do, to offer peace. Peace on behalf of Jesus. Peace in a way that we, when we offer peace, we mean that we're offering it on behalf of Jesus. 
And that piece is the salve, is the fix, is the balm that makes the whole world whole again. All of that opportunity, it's all there in the harvest that we're being sent out to get. So even though it's hot and a little humid and sticky, and even though some of this work might make us tired, it might be really hard work, really hard. We can take pride in our work. We can take pride in what we proclaim because we are not proclaiming ourselves. We are proclaiming the peace, the healing, the love of God upon everyone. We're proclaiming a power from heaven that is sent to right the wrongs of our lives, to restore all people to unity, people to restore all people to unity in a very just way, to bring all people to unity with God and one another, with Jesus right being in the front and center of it all. Yes, we have a harvest that we're called to go out and reap. We have an abundance that is all around us everywhere. We have something that we're invited to seek out because we will find it. We'll find it in ourselves, in one another. We'll find it in our world because Jesus promises to accompany us every single place that he intends for us to go. And this work, and this work might be hard, kind of like picking cotton. It might sometimes be scratchy and sweaty. Our backs might get sore. Our feet might get tired. But the harvest is plentiful, and the laborers are us. And so it's time to go. Go into the harvest. And we might even have to start doing this work by doing things like picking cotton. But we know we can take pride in whatever work we do because God will be at our side and will at some point, we'll all return back with great joy. This might be a very different Independence Day weekend, but it's the one we have. And Jesus reminds us that the harvest is still there. So let's start and go into the harvest. Let's go even if we have to pick some cotton, because joy awaits. <laughs>